Hey, everybody, it's Preston here. Hey, guys, it's Clay. Before the show starts today, we want to tell you really quickly about this very cool challenge that we have coming up for listeners of Freelance to Founder. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Something we've never done before. Never done it, but man, I feel like there's a huge need for it because we get on these calls with people and one of the most common things we hear from freelancers is how do I build in recurring revenue? How do I get predictable money every month, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big question that we always, uh, I always get. I know you always get. That's right. And so Clay, you guys know from listening to the show, Clay ran an agency that that crushed it on recurring revenue. I've built a couple of recurring revenue businesses myself, and we want to help you kickstart your own recurring revenue. 2021 is going to be your year for recurring revenue. So we're launching a five-day challenge where you can set up your first productized service. Yeah, and that's going to be five days that we're going to show you how to do it, going to give you a little bit of homework, and hopefully at the end of the five days, you'll have a plan to make uh, hopefully thousands of dollars in monthly recurring revenue. For example, in this challenge, we're going to teach you how to price your service product so that it makes sense to your clients and you can start making money fast. And we are actually going to show you how to make an irresistible monthly offer that your clients cannot resist. There'll be live calls with me and Clay. We're, We're super excited to connect with some of you who maybe are too shy to come on the show and have us highlight your business. These are private live calls with a small group. In fact, we're only letting in like 25 or so freelancers right now. So, I mean, to give you an idea, there are 10,000 people that are going to listen to this episode alone that you're listening to right now. So you don't want to wait. If you want to sign up, you can visit freelancetofounder.com slash challenge and claim your spot right now. All right, guys, we're serious about this. Please don't procrastinate. You will regret it. And like, you want to be a part of the first 25 OG original members of this five-day challenge (laughs) because it's going to be the first 25 that are going to be so ahead of the game. Listeners of Freelance to Founder can save 30% on this challenge with promo code podcast. So again, visit freelancetofounder.com slash challenge. Enter the promo code podcast when you sign up and you'll save 30% right away. They're going to go fast, you guys. Don't wait. (laughs) So many freelancers want to figure this recurring revenue thing out. And genuinely, we just hope you're one of them and that you'll join us for this fun challenge. Uh, Thanks so much for indulging us. And now on to this week's episode of Freelance to Founder. Hey, everyone. I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's episode, I am joined by a special guest coach, my friend Matt Olpinski, as we offer some coaching to Wyatt Hill. Wyatt's got a really unique situation. His boss actually allows him to make connections with customers at his day job and then pitch them his side hustle freelancing services. And while this setup is, let's face it, incredible, it also has Wyatt a bit worried. As he gets more successful, if he chooses to quit his day job, his client pipeline could literally dry right up. So we spend the bulk of this episode showing Wyatt a few ways to attract the right kinds of projects on his own without the help from his boss. 
We talk about lots of tactics from SEO to better contact forms to online portfolios and LinkedIn and networking events and lots, lots more. With our advice and lots of hard work, Wyatt wants to double his side hustle revenue next year, and we think he can do it. Join us in this conversation right after a quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined today uh, by my good friend, Matt Olpinski. Uh, hey, Matt, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Matt is filling in for Clay, who couldn't be on the air with us today. It's going to be a delight talking to Matt. We'll get in a little bit more into uh, what Matt does. But um, we're also joined today by our guest on this coaching call, Wyatt Hill. How you doing, Wyatt? Pretty good. How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you. I'm excited that you're both here. Thank you so much. Um, before we dive in, you know, typically we would dive into Wyatt's story right now. You tell us a little bit about your business. Before we do that, I just want to take maybe 60 seconds and Matt, you can tell us um, about you and, you know, what kind of work you're doing. And then, you know, if you don't brag enough, I may brag on you for a second, but um, I'm excited <laughs> to have you on the show today. Could tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So yeah, my name is Matt Olpinski. Um, I'm a web designer and developer. I work on uh, digital products like web apps, uh, marketing websites, and also mobile apps. Um, I've worked with small and, uh, you know, really large companies for, in a variety of industries um, on major web design and development projects. Um, I've been freelancing for the better part of a decade, kind of started on nights and weekends, and then moved into full-time freelancing in 2015. Um, in the last two years, I started transitioning into more of a small company as I've been growing. Um, and I also have um, a blog and products and resources for freelancers, as well as a Slack community that I started for freelancers called the Freelance Institute. Wow. Did you practice that? I mean, that was like, whew, that was polished. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well done. Um, so they can find you at mattolpinski.com. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely check out some of Matt's work. He's um, he's helping freelancers in a lot of cool ways and just a, a great guy to, to follow and, and learn from. Um, I'm constantly shocked by like every once in a while in a private conversation, Matt will tell me about some deal he's done or some client he's booked. And I'm just like, oh my, you have to tell me how you did that. That's amazing. So We've had Matt share a couple of times on the blog, you know, um, how he's landed a big client or things like that, but just super knowledgeable, smart guy and, and a uh, great guy to work with too. I've, I've actually hired him uh, to work on some stuff for my business. You can see some of his work at solidgigs.com, which is um, our subscription product. And uh, you can see he worked on the landing page there and did a fantastic job. All right, enough uh, making Matt blush. Wyatt, I want to hear a little bit about your business. Tell us uh, what you're working on right now, what your business is. Yeah, so I've been running a business for a couple of years now. Um, like Matt, it's kind of the nights and weekends for the moment, but I'd like to grow it. Uh, I work with uh, solo and small firm attorneys, so very niche market. And I work with them on pretty much any of the print graphic design that they may need, branding especially. Uh, I have a background in psychology as well as a background in graphic design. So I work with them on 
building their brands and building something that communicates better uh, with their clients and hits all of the emotional points that really helps them build the relationships and maintain relationships with their clients. And how long have you been at it, did you say? A little over two years now. A little over two years and all on the side. So you've been working full time. What's yes. your What's your day job? Uh, my day job is I'm an in-house graphic designer for a consulting business that actually also works with attorneys. That's how I got into it. Um, you know, I spent time working with them there, working with the attorneys that are our clients and seeing that there was a need for better graphic design services that was tailored specifically to them. Um, so I spoke to my boss and he was like, yeah, that would be great. Get it started. You know, we'll, we'll work you in and start trying to help you help out all of our clients that we already have. So that's how I got into it. Okay, excellent. So the difference is you do, uh, like, tell me the difference between the work that you do at your day job for, because it sounds like it's for the same people. Like, where, where's the line of differentiation there? So the work that I do at my day job is uh, for the consulting business itself. Um, so my boss does business consulting for attorneys, um, helping them with better management, uh, better marketing, better lead generation, um, uh, better systems. And then I do the graphic design that helps support him. I see. Okay. And then, and then you make those connections uh, as, as his clients essentially need the services that you're providing your boss, then he connects you and, and you provide those services as a freelancer. Yes. Well, that's really cool, actually, that you have a boss that's so willing and open to do that. I mean, that's, that's really uh, not, not common. Not that, not that a lot of bosses are really you know, rude about it or whatever, but to have him work so seamlessly with you on that, it's really, really cool. It's great. Yeah. He's an established, um, entrepreneur. And so when he was like, when I approached him about it, he was just like, yeah, that's great. That's something that I've thought about doing myself getting into the business, but he was like, I, I don't have an interest in it. So if you want to get into it, we'll totally work with you to make it happen. Nice. Yeah, very cool. It sounds like things are, are moving along well. Yeah, it's moving along pretty well. Um, I have a pretty steady amount of work. Um, I've been bringing in a little, I'm expecting, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, probably twelve dollars to $15,000 in revenue, um, just of a side business. So um, yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, uh, next year, you know, I want to try and double that you know, and start turning it into an actual full-time job. You know, it sounds like you're in a fantastic position. Your boss is amazing for, for being so helpful, um, you know, in that regard. And it sounds like, you know, for being in the first, you know, two years of your, you know, freelance kind of side hustle. Um, I mean, that's probably even a little better than where I was at that point. So I think you're doing great. Yeah, I think for sure it's farther along than I was uh, in the first couple of years. I had, a, I had a lot of things wrong in my mind of how it should work. So yeah, good for you. I, I would love for you to enlighten us. Maybe, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners here who are going, man, how could I have that conversation with my boss about, you know, running my business on the sides? So people are scared to talk to their boss about it. Some people wish they could leverage their day job, you know, connections like you have, but they don't know how to navigate that. What did that conversation look like, Wyatt, when you, you know, were, were you nervous, first of all? And then what, what did that conversation look like when you finally asked, you know, could I start doing some of this stuff for your clients, but as my own business? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say I, I definitely was nervous. It was been, it had been something I'd been kind of tossing around um, for some time because, you know, I'd always wanted to actually start my own business, but hadn't really 
done a particularly good job in the past of trying to freelance. And then, you know, I was looking at this and I was like, okay, there's an actual market that I can see here that, that needs the work done. And I'm in a position where I can fill that. And so, you know, again, just props to my boss. You know, he's, he's really dedicated to providing the best services to his clients and making sure that they are successful. And so, you know, I just went to him and I was like, um, Hey, you know, I, I, I see this need here. Uh, something that I think I can fill. And, you know, I, I want to do this as well. Um, I don't want to infringe on the work that I do for you. I certainly don't want to take hours out of my week that I'm doing for him. But, you know, if it's something that I can manage on the side, I wanted to do it. And he he was totally okay with it. So Awesome, Wyatt. Well, I'm I'm glad that's worked out so well, and I I guess I would encourage anyone listening to to um to figure out maybe if they can find the courage to do something similar. It may not always work out, you know. You're you're pretty close in direct competition, not direct competition, but having the same client base as your boss, like that's pretty uncommon. But um, but I think you know I had I had lots of conversations when I was side hustling with my boss. I always was super transparent about it, and my philosophy was always I always pitched it to him like this, which I believed wholeheartedly, and that is what I learned there benefits what I do here for you. And so I'm actually, you know, learning and working in my off hours, doing things that will improve how I do my daily work here during my on hours. And I'm, I always keep them separate. I'm never like using my, you know, desk job computer to do my side hustle work. I was always very strict and disciplined about that, but, but it, it was a benefit. Like what I learned at my day job helped me with my side hustle and vice versa. And so it was a benefit to my employer. And I think, smart employers let their employees have side hustles. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that because, you know, with the people that are really engaged with the side hustle, uh, like we are, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a hobby and, you know, it's one of those places right. that we can, uh, get that kind of, uh, mental, mental release and do something that we really enjoy. And it just so happens to bring in some money as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I agree, guys. I think, you know, for me, um, the way I think about it is it almost never hurts to ask your employer if you are nervous, if that's one of the things you're nervous about. Like, it almost never hurts to ask. The worst they can do is say no. Um, you know, so getting that kind of permission might be helpful for some people. But it also just depends on sort of what company you work for. Like, the company I worked at was very small and very laid back. So I didn't really even ever formally ask. It was just like, I just figured it'd be fine. And I, as long as I wasn't doing any sort of conflict of interest work or, you know, working with, you know, the same clients or anything like that, it'd be totally fine. Um, but if you work for a bigger company who has a lot more rules and they seem to be a lot more strict, then you may want to, you know, run that by them and just ask, you know, um, if that's okay and what it might look like and if there's anything you should be aware of. Um, and then, and then present it to them in the way that, you know, you guys were just talking about, like present it as a positive thing, um, that's going to benefit everybody. And I think for the most part, I, I think that, um, you know, you'll be surprised at the, the positive reaction that you'll get from your boss. Yeah, I agree. In fact, my side hustle is what helped me land two of my three jobs out of school before I took my business full time. Like that was the thing that put them over. That was the thing that differentiated me from the other applicants was that I had done all these other jobs, but I also had a side hustle that I was, you know, getting results. And there was just like all these other implications from, from running my own business on the side, even if I was only making like kind of like you're doing Wyatt, like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year, there's still just on a micro level, like things that you're learning and, and improvements that you're making to yourself uh, that that you can then bring to the day job. Cool. So I want to talk a little bit then about where you're headed. So we now know, uh, you know, what what you've been doing recently and what your business looks like. 
I want to talk about where you're headed because I think Matt particularly is going to have some incredible insight for you. He has followed a similar path to what you're currently on. Um, but I, but let's talk, let's talk about maybe some hurdles that you're facing. So, you know, listeners of the show are familiar with our freelancer to founder scale. We send out a questionnaire to everyone who applies for a coaching call, which by the way, if you would like to be on the show, like why it is today, uh, you can visit freelance to founder.com where you can apply to be on the show. We'll give you a, a free coaching call. Like we're doing with Wyatt. Um, our goal is to give you as much value as possible in, in a half hour, 45 minutes. And, um, and so, when, when Wyatt filled out that questionnaire, when you filled that out, Wyatt, you put that you are currently a one, which is freelancer, complete freelancer, which I'd agree with. Um, and and the, in the next six to 12 months, you'd like to move up closer to a four, which is, you know, moving up a little bit on the scale, but still probably considered a freelancer. Tell me what uh, a four looks like in your mind in the next six to 12 months. Yeah, so I only put a four because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not expecting to just jump up to a 10 where, you know, I have brick and mortar right. place in my own employees or anything like that. But I want to be at a place where I'm, I'm landing large enough projects where I might need to pass off tasks to other people and, you know, um, hire contractors on an ad as needed basis. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've been trying to break into again, that's something I think Matt will be able to <laughs> help me out with is doing more website design where, you know, I, I have no interest in doing the development portion of it, but doing the design and then passing that off to a development team and having them handle that. And so, you know, I want to be at a place where I'm, I'm making a consistent amount of income that could pass off for a full-time job and be able to have enough projects coming in and have those be big enough projects that I can pass some of that information off to other people. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
compares the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. I think that's a, a, a perfectly reasonable goal for the next 6 to 12 months. Um, the way your side hustle is going, I think you definitely could get there with maybe a few extra hours every week uh, working on that. I, I'd like to know, I guess, what what are some of the hurdles you're facing? How can we help you get to that? How can we help you go from a one to a four to where you're, yeah, maybe hiring a couple contractors here and there, but where you're getting more reliable business, maybe even some repeat business? What What's one of the biggest hurdles you're facing that we can help you with? Yeah, so I actually do get um, a fair amount of repeat business um, with these attorneys. They do a lot of marketing, oh, okay. and so you know, once I once I've established myself with them, they come back and get um, some more stuff done. But the big thing is that it's it's generally pretty small things. It's maybe a tweak to this, a new uh, a new version of this, whatever. Um, but the the big issue is that most of these leads are coming from my current job. Um, and so if I were to try and go full time with the business, um, a lot of those leads might dry up. Um, and so I think the big issue is generating more leads. I've tried a couple different things, you know, social media is pretty passive, um, hasn't done the best for me. And so, you know, probably, you know, I think SEO is probably where it's at, but it's just not something that I am, uh, that fluent with. So. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like um, generating leads that maybe don't rely on your current boss uh, could be an issue as you grow, especially if you take it full time. Now, is the is the four on the scale here? Is that uh, full time freelancing for you, or is it still side hustling but working with other contractors as well? You know, I think I would like it to be a, a full time freelancing. Yeah. But okay. just you know, again, just completely freelance still. You know. Yeah. And I'm curious why you say if you were to go full time, you wouldn't be able to get leads from your current employer. Can you walk me through that reasoning? Um, so the big thing is that a lot of the leads that I get come through quarterly conferences with my current employer where, uh, you know, the attorneys actually fly in here to um, Phoenix or another location during the summer because nobody wants to be in Phoenix in the summer. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we hold a, a quarterly conference, three days, people come in, um, hop into, you know, a conference room and we just sit there and, you know, talk about business. And, you know, if I were to no longer be working for my employer, I don't know whether or not I'd be able to attend those conferences or whether um, I would have to attend them as a full-on sponsor, which I don't think I have uh, the money to pay for right now. And if I can't do that, then a lot of those leads are going to dry up. Uh, from that there. makes sense. Yeah. I'd love to get um, Matt's take on this particular issue, but here's here's what I think. I think it sounds like you have a great relationship with your employer. Um, you might even start to explore, like, not not saying, hey, I'm going to leave and then trying to figure it out, but saying, like, hey, this other this business is really picking up. I don't want to leave you high and dry, but I'm, I'm starting to explore my options. And 
you know, if I did take this full time, do you think we could still collaborate? Would it be a value add to your clients? Maybe you could work out like a revenue share deal where he gets, you know, a certain percentage of any client that you're able to book through those events. And then since you already have a good working relationship, maybe you could, you know, still, still tap into that a little bit. I don't know, Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so I, I have a lot of thoughts, um, but I would say, so Preston, I think that's a, that's not a bad idea. I would, Wyatt, I'd be careful if you do want to do something like that. I'd be careful with the way you word it. You don't want to alarm them that you're leaving, you know, a year before you're ready to, um, or, or maybe yeah, good point. potentially you could be leaving because then they may be on edge. They may start looking to replace you. I like, I know you have a good relationship, but just, just be careful with the way you word something like that. Um, maybe just present it as a, what if, um, you know, and not really go into much detail about um, your specific, you know, business and how it's going on the side right now, particularly. Yeah. And I'd say just to clarify, I'd say probably I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that conversation until you do have your side hustle as a fallback. Like if you can't lose your job yet, definitely don't have that conversation because sometimes business is business. You're right, Matt. And sometimes they do just, you know, say, okay, see you later. and, And they replace you quickly. So yeah, I, I, sorry. Thank you for clarifying that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say do that now, definitely. Um, but, but if you get to the point to where you have a decent amount of business that you could potentially fall back on your side hustle, then you could start having those kinds of conversations. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, you know, normally I try not to be too prescriptive with, with anyone that I talk to about freelancing. I, my whole thing is like, I try to help people find sort of their own version of success, but, but why it, um, it seems like you and I have are sharing such a similar path that I feel like I can, I can help out a lot here. So um, to get the bigger clients um, to help transition into, you know, full-time freelancing um, to get another source of leads or to establish another source of leads. uh, I think what you should probably do, and this is something I did, it worked really, really well for me is focus a lot on your website um, and your positioning and, try to meet these clients where they're at. You, you touched on SEO. I think SEO is, you know, a, a big deal. Um, basically you want to, you're already doing a pretty good job on your website of positioning yourself. I think you can strengthen that. I think there's some room for improvement, which I can touch on in a little more detail, um, you know, in, in a few minutes, but I think, you know, with, you mentioned social media, my, my thing is like, if, are, are attorneys and small law firms hanging out a lot on Instagram? Are they hanging out a lot on Facebook? Like, is that, is that where they're going? Are they hanging out on YouTube? So you kind of want to, um, you know, put your energy or reinvest your energy um, where they're going to be showing up online a lot. And I think that that's probably going to be more on Google than anything. It's probably not even so much job board websites. They're probably thinking to themselves, if you're doing, I'm trying to put myself in, in their shoes, right? In, a, in, a, in an attorney's shoes or in a small law firm's shoes for a second. If they're thinking, hey, my brand is not where I want it to be, or my website is not where I want it to be, I'm going to go and look for someone uh, who specializes in this. You're already being really focused on your website, which is awesome. Um, but I think you want to show up on Google more. I think they're probably going to type in something, you know, on, on Google, like, you know, uh, you know, freelance, uh, you know, brand identity designer, and you want to come up for law firms, right? Um, so I think doing that, that I think your website's going to be a key focus here is, is really what I'm getting at. Um, and I'll let you guys respond, but I think, um, I think that that alone is what helped me, um, you know, using my website as a sales tool, leveraging it, leveraging it as like a 24, seven, 365 sales tool. That's doing work of generating leads on my behalf, um, through my contact form, through the services pages that I have, um, through the work, the past work that I've done through testimonials, 
when you, when you make that really solid um, over time, that is going to generate higher quality leads. You're going to get better projects and clients. Um, you're going to draw the right people in. And that ultimately, ultimately is what is going to lead to, um, I think, this transition that you want to have take place in the next you know, year or so. I agree with that advice. I, I think SEO can be a bit of a long game. So it if is. it were me, I would, I would, yes, focus on SEO, uh, focus on search. And, and you can, you know, the, the very practical, tactical way of doing that is using a tool like Ahrefs or a free alternative um, to figure out what people are searching for. That's like goal number one, right? So yeah, are they searching for law firm logo ideas or law firm, how to get more law firm clients, how to get, you know, how to get more legal clients, like whatever, I don't know the words they use, but I would, I would guess those are kind of along the lines of the searches that they're making. Um, you can start to write articles well-informed because you're in the industry. So you know how that works. Um, you, you can write well-informed articles that will then bring traffic to your website. And then like Matt said, your homepage can just be the beginning of a really well-oiled funnel that can get them to fill out a contact form and ultimately reach out to you and you can have an onboarding call and the, and the rest is history, right? So, um, so I, I agree. That would be like, for me, that would be the active portion of where your how your clients are behaving online. So they're actively searching for solutions to problems. Passively, they are probably hanging out, if I had to guess, just from the few lawyer friends that I have, uh, they're probably less than like Instagram or even less than Facebook. They're probably on LinkedIn quite a bit. And they're out doing biz dev and yes. they're they're like hanging out on LinkedIn trying to build connections and find new clients and connect with other attorneys and things like that. So, you know, LinkedIn is blowing up right now with, with content. It's a little bit competitive, but it's, there's a reason it's competitive. It's working for people. And so you could generate some really cool content on LinkedIn, um, start to generate some buzz that way, and then point to your website, which again is a, a just a big sales funnel, a big sales tool, um, to ultimately get more leads. So what, what's, what's your take Wyatt on what Matt and I have said so far? Are we pointing you in the right direction or what, what, what are you feeling? Yeah, I definitely agree with you um, that LinkedIn is where a lot of the attorneys are spending a lot of their um, passive time. Um, and I totally agree with um, you uh, both on the SEO and really refocusing my positioning on the website as well. Um, it's in, it is interesting, though, just from, you know, being in the industry, working with my boss as well and seeing how he generates leads. Um, I mean, he he a lot of it is buying lists and cold calling, um, which I don't have the time or the manpower to do. Um, and as well as direct mail, he gets a lot of uh, generation from direct mail, but he does actually get a lot of leads in through Facebook as well. Um, so, I mean, I guess Facebook just is Facebook and pretty much everybody's on there now. <laughs> right, so. yeah. I mean, you, you are in like the perfect place to, to watch. You have a front row seat to seeing how to get leads in this particular industry. Um, so I think take, yeah, whatever you've learned from your current employer and start to, to test some of those same tactics. I'd even say where he does a physical, uh, like a, a conference or something, you could do something online where it's free. You invite attorneys and it's maybe like a, I don't know, marketing or social media marketing 101 for, for attorneys, something sort of tangentially related to what you want to provide them. Uh, and then you get your name out there, you get free attendees, which they have to give you your, their email address in order to attend or something like that. So I think there's ways you could maybe emulate that without having to, to fork over 
hundreds of thousands of dollars for a big event or whatever. Yeah, um, write, write a free ebook or something. Yeah, there you go. I, I am in the process of outlining a book. That is true. Nice. Yep. So yeah, I agree with what, what Preston said. You know, on, like I said before, I think the reason why I suggested or why I would recommend sort of this, this longer play of like working on your website, um, making it better, positioning it better, doing a better contact form, making your services more clear, things like that, um, is because you are literally in like the perfect position right now. Like you have a day job that can sustain your income, right? You have a boss who's letting you do work on the side and actually encouraging you to do work on the side. You're getting leads from him. Um, so you have the time, like, you know, you can, you don't hate your job. You're not desperate to leave. So you're in like this perfect position where it, if it takes 12 months, then that's fine. If it takes 16 or 18 months, that's fine. Like you can, you can ride it out for that long. You have the time to let your website start doing its job. It's not going to happen overnight. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, but in the long run, that is like the best source of leads. Once you can get like people coming to you organically on their own without you having to go chase after them. Um, again, it's different for every industry. We're sort of touching on that now, but, but if you can let the website do work for you, like that's going to be the best, most sustainable solution long-term and you're in the best position to do that. Not everyone's in your position. So that's one of the reasons I just wanted to clarify why I sort of recommended that for you, or I may not recommend that for everybody else. And I didn't mean to downplay your recommendation at all. I'm on the same page with you 100%. I just think there's, for me, there's always like the long-term game and the short-term game. Particularly if, if you're saying like in six months, I want to take this full time. Right. Uh, SEO might be, you know, might take a little longer than you'd like. Yep. But I would start now, like start immediately on SEO because in, yeah, 12, 18, 24 months, it's really going to start to pick up if you've done it right. So, but in the meantime, you know, um, respond to comments with with uh, law related hashtags on LinkedIn. Just start getting your name out there, and you can build some organic interest in other ways until that search engine stuff starts to pick up a little bit more. I mean, honestly, you could also um, investigate like paid search if you know that they're searching for like uh, graphic designer for law firm or something. You could you could have ads there. All of these disciplines just either take money to hire someone to do it for you or they take time to figure out how to optimize it yourself. So um, I think there's tons of options. And like you've said, like Matt said, um, you're in the you're in like the perfect place right now because you can just soak up for as long as you work for this guy. You can soak up as much as you can in terms of marketing. It sounds like he's really great at it. Yeah, he he really is just a, um, a marketing genius. He's been doing uh, and I think this is his probably third business, um, and it's it's quite successful. Um, so I have been just kind of sitting back and and looking and listening and just absorbing all of the uh, marketing information that he puts out there because you know that's what he's he's teaching the, to the attorneys as well. Yeah, um, I think that's smart. So. I think that's smart. I did want to touch on one other thing, um, Wyatt, and and tell me if this is an okay direction to take this conversation, but. You mentioned that a lot of the jobs that you get from some of these small firms or attorneys are, you know, one-off tweaks or just little small jobs that I don't know how much you're invoicing for, maybe, you know, 50, 100, couple hundred bucks, but it, it's maybe not enough to like really sustain a full-time business. I wonder if there'd be a space in which you could explore a, a recurring revenue model where uh, the firm pays you, you know, two ninety nine a month or something. Four ninety nine a month. I don't know what it would be worth. Uh, you'd have to do some exploration and figure that out. But they could pay you a flat fee every month for it, unlimited updates. It's kind of like 
it's kind of like a more sophisticated version of a, a WP curve, which is unlimited WordPress help or like a design pickle, which is unlimited design work. I think there could be a space where you could say, I'll charge you a flat fee every month. And if you send me a hundred things you need me to do, I can do them. And if you send me two things, I can do them, but it's a flat fee or you, or you work out credits or something like some way to turn those tiny little jobs into more predictable and substantial revenue for your business. I don't know. Have you given that any thought before? Yeah, I, I have actually, you know, the design pickle model was uh, one of the ones that I was definitely looking at when I first started the business. Um, and I do offer something like that right now, actually. Um, I offer a small subscription service. Um, it's usually about 50 bucks a month, just depending on how long they want to do the subscription for. Um, but all it is, is just a, a once a month meeting where we sit down and we talk about all of their marketing and design materials that they're working on. If they have, um, a big marketing project uh planned you know I'll, I'll talk to them about it give them my opinions on the design and branding for it and then you know if they decide that they want to have me do that work then you know i discount the cost of that monthly subscription to the full project because it's such a minor fee um so that's been a way for me to at least continually touch base with all of these people and you know stay at least once a month in the forefront of their minds and uh, make sure that they're getting all of the work that they need. So um, that's, that's a very been, cool model. I like that. It, it's been uh, all right. You know, I would like to get more people into that sort of model, um, but it, it's been a good way for me to uh, touch bases with them. And, and now they're invested, even if it's only 40 or 50 bucks a month, they have some, some level of investment and a reminder and a need to actually get on a call with me. Wyatt, so. I actually want to ask you a question real quick. So you mentioned wanted to get you know, bigger and better clients and projects. What if it sounds like some of the things you're getting right now are sort of, you know, like, like Preston said, some of the smaller, more one-off tasks. What if one of these attorneys or small law firms came to you and they said, you know, we either don't have a brand or our brand stinks. Um, we bootstrapped it. We did it in house. It's not that great. We know it's not that great. We need our entire company or, or them as an individual to look better. They need to get to the next level. And that may include, um, you know, business cards that may include a website that may include a logo um, that may include like a bunch of things that you are capable of working on. Has anyone ever approached you for something that holistic? Like, is that what you're talking about when you say a bigger, a bigger, better project? Or is it something else? Just wanted to clarify. Yeah, that's uh, definitely what I talk about when I say a bigger, better project. Um, mm -hmm. I have had a couple of people come to me for that level of work. Um, you know, the other things that, um, the other kind of like major big projects is books. Um, these attorneys like to write, you know, their own free books, but they'll actually get them, you know, printed and use them as a lead generation, uh, piece. They'll send them out in the mail. They'll, you know, leave them lying around town and, you know, somebody sends you a book, you just don't throw away books. You know, that's yeah, just that's, not a thing. So cool. it'll, it'll lie around your house forever, or you'll donate it to the local, um, you know, Goodwill or DI or whatever, but, right. um, people just don't throw away books. So it's a, it's a great, um, lead piece. And so those are usually, um, a really good source of income for me because books are, you know, it's a, it's a large project to do a full cover, full layout pagination and everything. Sure. So yes, but to, to answer your uh, original question, when people come and say, I need a full rebrand, 
um, full positioning uh, style guide the whole nine yards, then that that's that's really what I'm looking for. And I would like to have more of those because I don't get that often. Okay, gotcha. So that's, to me, that's where, I mean, there's always the short term play and the long term play. And I think Preston and I both touched on that, you know, enough already. But that to me, that's like, if you wanted to like, have an action item here for this call, like what, what can you do in the next few months to get ready for the next year? That would be it. I would say like, adjust your website to make that the thing that you're offering, like make that super clear, um, you know, just adjust the the copy and things like that um, and make your services more clear. I would say that's like a big action item. And the sooner you do that, the better, because it's like we said, it's going to take time. Um, and then look for those types of projects, you know, look for, you know, you can even go on one thing we didn't mention was like, you can go on some job board websites um, and look specifically for those projects. Um, you know, you may not even necessarily have to have a profile or anything on them. You, you can just just be on there and, and be looking for these specific types of projects from lawyers and attorneys. Um, and you have, it sounds like you have the network in place to, to be able to have, you know, referrals and leverage your network that way too. So I think you're in a really good spot. Um, my big recommendation is, uh, is definitely the portfolio website. I think that's spot on. Uh, Wyatt, what's, what's resonating with you as we wrap up the call? What, what have you found most helpful and what do you think are, are some, uh, good action steps you can take over the next six to 12 months? Um, definitely the advice on the SEO, um, because, you know, you guys are right that that's going to take some time for it to get put into place and really start, uh, building credibility within Google. And so, yeah, I think, you know, after, after we're done here, I'm going to hop on the website and, you know, look at where my positioning is at, what my, uh, contact form is really doing for me and rework my seo and make sure that um it's as best as i can you know i'll probably have to read up on it because that's not my my area of expertise but um i think that's probably going to be the the primary thing that i target after this is working on getting the website passively producing those leads for me rather than having to try and generate them actively through social media posting yeah Yeah. i love that and sort of doing both at the same time i think uh like we've touched on doing the short-term stuff now, doing the long-term stuff now so that it, it kicks in later and then eventually that other stuff can drop off. But that, yep. I mean, that sounds fantastic to me. Yeah, I think that's the right balance for sure. Um, I did have one little note here. Matt, while you were talking about you know the website and the SEO, you did mention um, that I could do something to better my contact form. I don't know if you actually had anything specifically in mind or that you just kind of browsed it and said, mm, that's not the greatest. Um, was that something that you could expand on? There's there's a couple options for your contact form. One, it could just be some people just have a button that opens up an email app, right? Some people just have a contact form like yours where it's very basic. It's name, email, and message. And the main thing that stuck out to me was that um, you're not really like the next level would be asking questions that actually solicit the answers you need to start a good conversation, a, a higher quality conversation to generate a higher quality lead. So I noticed that on your site, all of the buttons, regardless of what the call to action is, they all just lead to the contact form and it's just name, email, message. And I think that if you actually ask, maybe you have a couple different contact forms and, and they're each sort of built specifically for that call to action. Um, so you're, you know, you're asking them a little bit about where they're at right now. I don't know what exactly the right questions might be for your industry, but I think having some specific questions in there, you know, what, like for me, it's when do you want to get started? What's prompting you to start this project? Give me a little background on it. What are your budget expectations? 
um, you know, maybe give some ranges in there, um, give it, give them an open-ended option, um, like a message box, but maybe label it a little more intentionally. Um, like, you know, share as much about your project as you can or something like that. So be a little more specific, I think, with the actual fields, like what information you're, you're re requesting from them. And I think that's going to help. It's going to help them feel better. Um, it's going to help them feel like you're leading them. Um, you know, into this line of questioning. Um, and it's going to get you much better, much better leads. Um, you'll get better answers and you'll be more prepared for that initial call with them. Um, so I think all around, that'd be a big improvement. Cool. Thank you. I always love it uh, when the coaches, the co-hosts disagree. So if it's okay, Matt, I'm going to disagree. I and, and, and I say that like with a huge amount of respect for you, Matt, because I know you have done amazing things with your website and the lead generation on your website. Here's, here's why I disagree. I actually, well, I only half disagree. I agree with that strategy, maybe in 12 months when he's actually generating a bunch of leads, because what that'll help you do, like Matt said, is filter out the, the less qualified leads and you waste less time in the beginning. Like right now, you kind of, in my opinion, you kind of just want any lead that you, that you can get. Like, uh, and I hate I hate to say that because that that shouldn't last long. That period of like taking on just about anything to to grow your business that shouldn't last very long. But sometimes in the beginning, that's what you need. And so I actually um, have recommended to some freelancers in your stage that they even take out the message box and they just and you just put in your email address and your name, and it says like I'll reach out to you. And then you can automate all that stuff. Matt was saying where like you can automate a response email where it says, okay, tell me more about the project and tell, but then you at least capture their email address so that you're starting to grow a list of people who are potentially interested in your services. And yes, you'll get to the point where Matt has hundreds or maybe thousands of leads coming in on a regular basis. You know, I have lots of friends who are in that situation where, yeah, they have to start qualifying leads, but I would say in the, in the beginning stages, you remove any potential barrier to actually capturing their contact information um, so that you can explore on your own if they're a good fit instead of trying to systematically rule them out, you know, from the get go. I don't know. Thoughts, guys? So I think the biggest thing for me now, it's OK that we that, you know, Preston and I have different views. On this, <laughs> for but sure. but um, I, I think the most important thing I'm sure Preston would agree is that whatever you choose, I think you want the the funnel you want to set the right expectations and you want the flow and the funnel to make sense for them. You don't ever want to leave them guessing about what the next step is. So if it's absolutely schedule a free strategy call and then it's just name and email, then you have to follow up automatically with something that tells them what the next step is. Otherwise you're just going to leave them wondering, well, I didn't really give them any information. Now what's going to happen? Yeah. And then they'll just move on to someone else who, who has that set up a little bit better. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. It has to be set up well, um, you can't just like collect emails for a year and then 12 months later you email everybody saying like, hey, I'm available for work now. Right. Um, you have to have some sort of I, – I what we do agree on is that you do have to have some sort of qualifying process to keep people moving through the funnel all yep. the way until you book the, the deal. I guess what we maybe slightly disagree on is just where those qualifications or qualifying questions happen. And, and we're maybe splitting hairs, you know, but um, for me it depends on the stage the freelancer is at. Uh, whether you put up barriers to leads or whether you just pull down any potential stop points and just let through anybody. And you'll kind of, you'll get a feel for it the more you do it. It'll just depend on your own business and your own situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this call today. I hope it's been helpful. Um, it's been really fun chatting with you. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And Matt, thank you so much for joining us as a guest coach today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. 
All right, guys, take care. Thanks. Bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya. See ya.